Hey everyone, it's Father Pat here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings today are from the Feast of the Dedication of the Lateran Basilica in Rome. A reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. The angel brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water flowing out from beneath the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the façade of the temple was toward the east. The water flowed down from the southern side of the temple, south of the altar. He led me outside by the north gate, and around the outer gate facing the east, where I saw water trickling from the southern side. He said to me, This water flows into the eastern district, down upon the Arabah, and empties into the sea, the salt waters, which make it fresh. Wherever the river flows, every sort of living creature that can multiply shall live, and there shall be abundant fish. For wherever this water comes, the sea shall be made fresh. Along both banks of the river, fruit trees of every kind shall grow. Their leaves shall not fade, nor their fruit fail. Every month they shall bear fresh fruit, for they shall be watered by the flow from the sanctuary. Their fruit shall serve for food, and their leaves for medicine. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response. The waters of the river gladden the city of God, the holy dwelling of the Most High. The waters of the river gladden the city of God, the holy dwelling of the Most High. God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in distress. Therefore we fear not, though the earth be shaken and mountains plunge into the depths of the sea. The waters of the river gladden the city of God, the holy dwelling of the Most High. There is a stream whose runlets gladden the city of God, the holy dwelling of the Most High. God is in its midst. It shall not be disturbed. God will help it at the break of dawn. The waters of the river gladden the city of God, the holy dwelling of the Most High. The Lord of hosts is with us. Our stronghold is the God of Jacob. Come, behold the deeds of the Lord, the astounding things he has wrought on earth. The waters of the river gladden the city of God, the holy dwelling of the Most High. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, you are God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another is building upon it. But each one must be careful how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than the one that is there, namely, Jesus Christ. Do you not know that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For the temple of God, which you are, is holy. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen, and spilled the coins of the money changers, and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, Take these out of here, and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of Scripture, Zeal for your house will consume me. At this, the Jews answered and said to him, what sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, This temple has been under construction for forty-six years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was talking about the temple of his body. 
Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today is one of those feast days that, frankly, few people get why we celebrate it. Most Catholics don't even know what the Lateran Basilica is, and will never visit it, and it's hard to get all that excited over the anniversary of the dedication of a building, no matter how beautiful the building is. For example, I bet most of you don't know the date your parish church was dedicated. Actually, I, I do, but I happen to be the pastor, so anyway, you get my point. In the year 324, Pope Sylvester consecrated the former palace of the Laterani family as the first official Catholic church. The emperor had given the building as a gift to the church a few years before, shortly after Christianity was decriminalized in the Roman Empire. Since it was the Pope's own church given to him as a gift, all baptisms in Rome were done there, since it was the church of the Bishop of Rome. It was also, uh, that Lateran Palace area, was also the Pope's residence for almost a thousand years. The Vatican, in fact, did not become the Pope's permanent residence until about the 14th century. And so the dedication of the Lateran Basilica recalls the historical shift, huge historical shift, from Christianity as a hidden and mysterious religion to a recognized influence in the world. The church as the source of the living water of which Ezekiel once prophesied, as we heard in our first reading. Since then, the church has had a powerful impact on the world as we know it. During the early Middle Ages, or the Dark Ages, <clears throat> the monasteries and convents were oases of culture, learning, and faith for the feudal society that surrounded them. In the late Middle Ages, the church founded the first universities and uh, schools. For centuries, the church was the largest provider of hospital care and orphanage services. The church had uh, great political influence in Renaissance Europe and a major role in evangelizing the Americas, as we know. And for much of the 20th century, powerful American cardinals and archbishops were quiet consultants, uh, quote-unquote, for governors, mayors, and even presidents, particularly in the Northeastern and Midwestern United States, where Catholicism was most prominent. It may seem as though the Church has lost that influence in an increasingly secular society, and yet statements of Catholic bishops around the world, while at times unheeded, are always reported still, and they're never ignored. World leaders, even, even the most powerful among them, including non-Catholics and even non-Christians, regularly visit the Holy Father and seek his support. Some may uh, complain that the visit of a Catholic president to the Holy Father doesn't result in a public statement by the Pope on areas of disagreement. But in fact, Vatican policy has been for some time to never comment on private and perhaps pastoral conversations with political leaders. But can we really say the Pope, not just this Pope, but any Pope, does not speak out and speak out strongly? For example, in June 2018, the Pope said this in a speech, Pope Francis. I have heard that it is in fashion, or at least customary, in the first months of pregnancy to have certain exams to see whether or not the baby is not well or has some problems. The first proposal in that case is, shall we do away with it? The murder of children in the last century, the entire world was scandalized over what the Nazis were doing to maintain the purity of the race. Today, we do the same thing, but with white gloves. Hmm. In February 2016, Pope Francis said this when asked about 
the, uh, the possibility of abortion for pregnant women amid the Zika virus scare. He said this, Abortion is not the lesser of two evils. It's a crime. It is to throw someone out in order to save another. That's what the mafia does. It's a crime, an absolute evil. Abortion is not a theological problem. It's a human problem. It's a medical problem. You kill one person to save another. In the best case scenario, it's against the Hippocratic oaths doctors must take. It's an evil in and of itself. I think, I think that's pretty clear. And yes, the church's influence happens in a different way than it happened in generations and centuries past. And the church's warts and wounds and sometimes blatant hypocrisy in its leaders now greatly impacts the message and how it's delivered as well. But that living water is still flowing from the temple. And although we sometimes can't see it, it bears fruit in a fallen world. Happy feast day.